Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's your boy, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire. For Monday, January 2nd, 2023, we made it, ladies and gentlemen. We made it through the new year. Hope everybody enjoyed a safe, fun start to 2023. I'm getting to the point where I don't really partake in many New Year's Eve shenanigans, just hanging out with some friends. Very low-key, was with my dog. Um, uh, You know, nothing too special to ring in the new year. Overall, it was a tremendous weekend of watching football. Yes, I will talk about the college football playoff in a little bit. Uh, it was not a great gambling Saturday for me with those games. Did chase a little bit in-game and help uh, recover some of the losses. Boy, what a Saturday of football. Holy hell, that was amazing. We'll obviously do some more on the college football playoff leading into uh, next week's podcast um, with the Natty on Monday night. But before we get to college football... We absolutely have to start with my New York football Jets. And I know I shouldn't start with the Jets because there's a lot of other stuff that went down. Minnesota Vikings gagging in Green Bay. By the way, good week for me in the contest. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, there, there were some, you know, some pretty big things happening in the NFL. We'll talk about Carolina, Tom Brady, and Tampa Bay. Uh, some really good theater. Obviously, Rob G's Raiders and the Niners, a thriller. But I got to start with the Jets because that's a team I back and... It hurt, guys. I'm not going to lie. I saw all your tweets. Could we get a wellness check on Jason McIntyre after the Jets totally crapped themselves in Seattle? Uh, funny stuff, obviously. Listen, the Jets are a team I root for. I always get this, why, why, do you, why the hell do you like the Jets? And this is dumb. It makes no sense. But I was born in New York. And then my family moved to the D.C. area. My dad got a job. I was still young, not even liking sports. Because I was like too young to know. 
And at some point, you know, you get to elementary school and you start playing football at recess. And then it's like, well, who's your team? And everybody where I grew up in Northern Virginia liked the Washington at the time Redskins. And I've never been a kind of guy to follow the crowd and like what everyone else likes and all that stuff. So I was like, you know what? I, I was born in New York. We go there a lot over the holidays. Uh, we would go there to New York for Thanksgiving and um, Christmas to see family members when I was growing up. And the Jets would always be on TV, so I'd be watching their games. Now, they weren't particularly good, but I took a liking to the Jets. Kenny O'Brien, Al Toon, Wesley Walker, Freeman McNeil. I mean, the Jets were fun-ish offensively back in the day. So I, I, that, that's a team I liked, and I stuck with them. Yes, I know there's no rule that you have to stick with the team where you were born. That is absolutely not a rule. And my son reminds me of this all the time. When he's like, why do you like the Jets, Dad? They stink. And I'm getting it again. Like, how can you root for this pathetic team? This is five straight losses to end the season. Well, there is one more game, but who cares? And their playoff chances. Okay? We're talking about no offensive touchdowns in two games where it's like, oh, you need this game to get get in the playoffs. It's like, no points at home against the Jags. No no touchdowns, I should say. And no touchdowns in Seattle. This one hurt because it was against a, a terrible Seahawks defense. We've seen Marcus Mariota go up and down the field against these guys. We saw Sam Darnold ride the run game, make all the right passes in beating Seattle. I mean, the Seattle team is not good. And on the first play of the game, Kenneth Walker goes for 60 yards. Kenneth Walker did not have a great day. Let the record state he had 133 yards. 60 of it on the first carry. Other than that, he wasn't making chunk yardage plays. But 60 yards on the first play was like a sign. Hey, guys, we're coming for you. And they went some hurry-up offense, a lot of shotgun for Geno Smith. Geno Smith did not make a mistake. He tried to. He nearly had a fumble. That Well, he did have a fumble, but uh, they recovered it late in the game. And all in all, Mike, Mike White wasn't good. And that's what it boils down to. We don't have a quarterback. Mike White sacked six times through two interceptions. One of them early, they were down 17-3, and you knew like, oh boy, this is going to be tough. There were three fumbles in the game. None of them. The Jets recovered. Fumble luck is a thing, guys. We talked about it. Eagles had unlucky fumble luck in their two losses before the Saints loss, which we'll maybe get to later. But bottom line, this is an anemic Jets offense. It's same old, same old. We don't have a quarterback. I'm not going to cycle through all the names of the damn guys who tried to quarterback this team, but it's frustrating. I think what we know now that the Jets are going to have eight years straight of losing records, longest playoff drought of any team in the NFL, operation quarterback in the offseason. Now, the biggest question is, A, is he on the roster? I think that's a resoundingly probably not. I like Mike White. You can make excuses with the rib injury all you want. Mike White was facing a garbage defense and could do nothing. He wasn't helped. Garrett Wilson had a drop. I think I saw a second drop from someone else. I don't remember exactly the play. I'm trying to, you know, put this damn loss behind me. But I don't think Mike White is definitely the guy. I think he could open as the backup if you want him to push whoever you pick up in free agency. Fine. Great. I don't think Zach Wilson has any chance of being the guy. If no quarterback wants to come to the Jets... Well, I mean, I guess that says the, something about the offensive coordinator, the head coach. I don't know, folks. But the bottom line is, Mike White, Inc., you can't go into next season starting Mike White and thinking you, you've got a playoff team, okay? So the move has to be, we make a run at Derek Carr, and you're buying low on a guy who had his worst season as a pro. 
I'm going to put more stock in eight years of Derek Carr being a damn good quarterback over 15 games of him not playing well in the Josh McDaniel system. Of course, aside, Jarrett Stidham played pretty damn good in, uh, Sunday against the Niners, who are a great defense. I think Derek Carr's got to be your top target. Obviously, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. There is an injury history there. I think he's going to be a little more in demand than Carr. That would be my guess. And Jimmy G, who has been to a Super Bowl, and Derek Carr's not, never had a playoff victory. I think Jimmy G's probably a little more in demand, and he'll have his pick of where he wants to go. I don't want any part of Tom Brady. I'm sorry, I do not. Yes, I saw the 400 yards passing against Carolina. No, thank you. I do not want it. I do not want Ryan Tannehill. Do not try to talk me into Ryan Tannehill. I'm not having that. That being said, I think it's pretty easy what the Jets need. Did you guys notice, and you probably didn't because you're not watching this, and I'll wrap up my little soliloquy on the Jets here momentarily, but they didn't even target Seattle the outside. Their wide receivers did absolutely nothing against the Jets. They knew coming in, they had a great strategy. You got to give it to them. We're not going to throw at the cornerbacks. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner are too good. So we're going to attack the tight ends and we're going to attack the running backs out of the backfield. Those were the strategies and it worked. The Jets linebackers were poor in coverage. The safeties were very poor. I think the Jets needs are pretty obvious to anyone with a pulse. They've got to get a coverage linebacker that's of paramount importance. I don't know if you can find one in free agency or the draft. I have not looked into that yet, but we're not going to the playoffs, so I got plenty of time to do that. Obviously, you need offensive line help. My gut tells me Mekhi Becton's done with the Jets. They're going to have to find a left tackle. Again, you're not paying a quarterback yet, although you'll have to pay Carr. The Jets need a left tackle for sure. They might need one other offensive lineman. I think you need a coverage linebacker. Probably need a safety. LaMarcus Joyner, I, I, I just can't get with LaMarcus Joyner. So he was a really good player at FSU. I can't get with him uh, with, this, with these Jets. And then remember, you got Brees Hall coming back next year. We'll see what happens with Corey Davis. I think you take a flyer on a wide receiver or two. I don't think Mims is back. I'll do an offseason deep dive on the Jets just for uh, the hardcore listeners. But uh, I've said enough about the Jets. They did not make the playoffs. They cost me money this weekend. But alas, we go on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin.
TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, let's go to the biggest story in the NFL outside of my Jets, and that has to be the Green Bay Packers surging into the playoffs. Well, almost. All they have to do is beat Detroit next week, and they're in. They're at home. They are favorites. And tough not to like the Packers. Now, the beauty of this, despite my Jets going down, and you could tell that I was not happy with it. Um, last week on the podcast, I think for two days, I talked about Green Bay futures. Packers get in. They're dangerous. Guys, Green Bay, I think plus 3,000 to win the NFC. You look at what's happening around the rest of the NFC. Eagles, struggle bus. Vikings, <laughs> they got their ass kicked in Green Bay. San Fran defense looked a little sus, but they still did pull out the dub. Just saying, guys, this Green Bay defense. So they were getting shredded earlier this year. Remember, we would rag on Jair Alexander. Oh, he's having a brutal year. They paid him. He's been hurt. He stinks. Jair Alexander came out and put the clamps on Justin Jefferson, and you knew this was a Packers game. The first thing that happened was the partially blocked punt by the Vikings. They take over on the one, and they cannot score a touchdown. Right? And I believe on the next possession, Kirk Cousins threw to Justin Jefferson down the sideline. Jair Alexander kind of breaks it up. I thought maybe there was some contact, but there wasn't. And Jair Alexander starts talking to him and instantly hits the gritty. This is like on second down or something in the first quarter. And it just hits a gritty on the sideline. The crowd goes bonkers. Jim Nance references it. And you knew that the Packers, this was going to be their game. I, I made a dumb in-game bet that ended up hitting like Packers minus 13 uh, at some point, I think in the second quarter when it was 21-3. I was like, this is over. Packers, ain't, they're not caving this massive lead. The scary thing is they did it with special teams. Somebody named Nixon, fast as hell. I love the camera angle from like above. I guess it's a sky cam or whatever. Nixon was just coming right into your living room, went right around the Minnesota kicker like he was a traffic cone. And then you get the pick six. And all of a sudden, it's like 14-3, and they don't have a touchdown on the offensive side. Rodgers didn't really do anything. I was facing him in fantasy, and he didn't really have a monster game. That's the scariest part. They hung 41 on Minnesota despite not really having a great offensive game. Dylan did his thing in the red zone. Aaron Jones, you know, had 100 yards. But I thought, Rob, the biggest factor in this game was Kirk Cousins historically carves up the zone defense. The Packers played zone in week one. They played way less zone in this. A lot of man-to-man. Alexander on Jefferson, uh, according to next-gen stats, 20 of the 31 routes. Jair Alexander allowed zero catches on two targets. 
It was impressive. And, you know, Kirk Cousins looked a little shook there that he wasn't expecting a lot of man and, you know, he was expecting zone that the Packers usually play. Packers DC has been under fire all season. This Green Bay team is surging, Rob. I'll just say right now, I think they beat the Lions this week. I don't know if they beat them with margin. It'll be close. Detroit's really Detroit's really good. People can scoff at that if they want. Detroit's a good football team right now. And I, I think these Packers are going to be live in the postseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I had the Packers winning this game anyways. I didn't expect 41-17. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I was expecting a little bit of a shootout. We'll get to a little bit later and how that came to backfire on me in a big way mm. in fantasy football. But to your point, Aaron Rodgers didn't do anything. Like, I was expecting that this was going to be one of those virtuoso Aaron Rodgers knows he's got to put up a big game for them to win against a team that I think is better than them. You know, Minnesota, for all the talk about them and them being the most, you know, disappointing team in the NFC, yeah, that, that's like a lock to make the playoffs, so that makes sense. I, I think that they're better than Green Bay. And I, I figured this was going to be a game where Aaron Rodgers puts on a show and he outduels Kirk Cousins. And lo and behold, Kirk Cousins just self self destructs within the first quarter and a half. It felt like, and Minnesota never recovered, and that's a that's a reason why nobody is confident in them heading into the postseason. We knew their defense wasn't any good. Depending on what your favorite metric is, they're the worst defense in football. Definitely the worst one that's going to be in the postseason. And it took what the Packers C plus B minus offensive effort to hang 40 on them. Like if that's not an indictment on what Minnesota has going forward, I don't know what is. Yeah. I'm and, seeing Rob there. They're the first 12 and four team in the NFL history with a negative point differential. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it just shows you, I guess, I mean, I always thought the uh, Justin Jefferson MVP talk was kind of ridiculous anyways, but if you take him out of the game, what, what are they doing? Because Kirk Cousins has made a living this season throwing some YOLO balls up to Justin Jefferson, and he just comes down with them because he's that good. And yesterday, J.R. Alexander shut him down. By the way, shout out to J.R. Alexander for saying in the post game, took a shot at our friends of uh, the program, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, by saying, this is for them, and uh, they called me just a good corner. <laughs> I'm a great corner. And it's like... <laughs> while he was wearing that humongous... Yeah, while he's thing. wearing the who's, giant who's the guy hat. Who started that? Brian Robinson from the Commanders. From Washington. Okay, I'm not going to bash him because he's a good story. The kid got shot and was playing NFL football like a couple of weeks Look, later. If somebody says, yeah, hey, J Mac is just a good podcaster, he's just a good uh, on-air co-host with Colin, yeah, I hope you take that as the little bit of disrespect that Jared Alexander took and then you turn in your best performance of the season, the, the uh, show after. It's funny. He's doing all the talking, but look at this this stat. Are you ready? LaFleur and Rodgers combined 18-1. and one. In December and January. <sighs> kind of a staggering stat. Not Listen, I'm just saying, this team's going to be dangerous come postseason. By the way, they are four, four and a half point favorites as I'm looking right now against Detroit in week 18. Jared Goff's going to have to come to the tundra at, uh, is it the frozen? Yeah, the frozen tundra at Lambeau. I haven't looked up the temperature yet, but you got to be, you got to be certain Jared Goff's praying it's above 30 degrees. We know he has been known to freeze up shall we say, in big spots. Um, and he has small hands. Yeah, and he has well, yeah. <laughs> so In the cold weather, you, you definitely, that's a factor. Um, I, I don't really want to spend any time talking about the Lions. They, they crushed the Bears. But this is a team that started, I think, 1-6, and, and now they're on the doorstep of the playoffs. 
you know, I, I don't, again, they're the Lions. Let's see them get in first. But this team, man, some of their offensive play calls, remember how earlier in this year, Tua was throwing to wide open guys, like Waddle and Hill were just wide open all over the place. I'm just telling you, they got tight ends I've never heard of. Brock Wright, James Mitchell, Shane Zilstra. These guys are wide open. And Goff is hitting them all. I saw this stat. The Lions have 12 passing touchdowns to tight ends this season. The most they've had, I believe, in like 22 years. They've got eight games of 30 or more points. They sack fields seven times. Like, this defense is crazy, man. You got Aiden Hutchison dropping back into coverage and getting an interception. Like, they're feisty. And if your team needs a head coach... And uh, the Jets and Raiders don't, so we won't dive deep onto that. I don't think. Uh, and you don't interview Ben Johnson, the OC of the Detroit Lions. I know nothing about this guy. I don't know where the gushy profiles are of hyping him up and talking him up as a, as a candidate. I want to know more about this guy because he is scheming up some impressive stuff for the Lions. They go to Green Bay for a monster game. Well, let's stick in the NFC, Rob. Speaking of the opposite of the Packers, which would be cratering. Philadelphia Eagles. I believe three weeks ago, were undefeated, cruising Jalen Hurts, MVP, Nick Sirianni, coach of the year. Everything was looking good, home field advantage, Super Bowl. Like, the Eagles were having a charm season. And it has been just a brutal three-week stretch where they lose their quarterback. Gardner Minshew comes in, and I think I'm, it. I'm one of those guys who thought there wasn't that much of a drop-off from Hurts to Minshew. Well, that clearly is not true. Minshew was abysmal against the New Orleans Saints through a pick six that ended the game. And, you know, these injuries are mounting. We saw uh, Josh Sweat carted off for the Eagles. Looks like his season's over. No Lane Johnson in this one. They fall to 3-11 and straight up last three years without Lane Johnson. That's a stat that you cannot deny, especially when you get the backup quarterback in there. Uh, some Eagles fans are upset with A.J. Brown for dogging a couple routes, especially the pick six. I don't know if you saw it. He, he just kind of jogged, and Marcus uh, or Marshawn Lattimore just jumped it and, and, and went in. I don't know, man, Rob. I, 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 I was on the Saints. I picked them in the contest. Eagles had two first downs in the first half. The fewest first half first downs they've had in seven years. They were shut out in the first half. They had 61 yards. And I want to spin this back to the MVP discussion. Like, how valuable is Jalen Hurts if they did nothing without him they lost to the Cowboys. I think he's got to be back in the MVP discussion, don't you? Well, I don't think he ever exited the MVP discussion. I knew yeah. that it was a distant second, you know, after what Mahomes did. But Mahomes wasn't all that impressive in the win against Denver. Uh, you know, I thought that he left that a lot of throws out on the field. Um, yeah. But I, the Eagles game, because it was the big national game here in L.A., it was the one that had the biggest space on my television. Everything else was kind of like on tablets and phones and laptops just because that's the way it is here in L.A. Uh, the The Eagles are confounding to me because on one hand, their front four, front five, you know, well, actually they got like front eight because they rotate so many guys in there. They're so yeah. deep along the defensive line. Had seven sacks, which is their fifth straight game having at least six, which is incredible. I mean, when you can get after the quarterback like that, you're going to win a lot of games. And yet that back end is so leaky. And there was a stat that flashed on the screen in the middle of the third quarter. I wish I would be able to look it up again this morning, but I just didn't have the time. Going back to last week and through the first two and a half quarters of yesterday's game, playing in the zone defense, they had given up over 85% completions. Mm. And... 
because they don't have the guys to lock up really in man-to-man coverage, they have to play zone. It's just they're going to get torched either way, and they think that if we can at least keep them in front of us, the front four is going to cause enough havoc. The problem with that is even when you are getting home, you're not getting home every single play. You know what I mean? Like it's just not reasonable to expect you to hurry the quarterback on every snap. So eventually you're going to get carved up. And even Andy Dalton goes 18 for 22. The interception he threw wasn't even like a a hurried pass. He just threw a bad ball. Like that was on him more than it was on the defense. So without Jalen Hurts and without the ability to have the quarterback who can just grind you out on the ground and turn a three-minute drive into a seven-minute drive because there's no incomplete passes. It's a lot of four yards here, six yards here, blah, 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 kind of like what the Baltimore Ravens do with Lamar Jackson. And you're giving the ball back to the other team. I don't know how they're, you're going to expect them to to live up to the number one seed billing that they've had all season. Well, you said number one seed, Rob. They are in jeopardy of losing that. They've got to beat the Giants this week. Now, here's the weird thing. The Giants are locked into the sixth. It, it, they cannot move. It doesn't, at least based on the stuff I'm reading, they can't move. They're at six. So will Brian Dable arrest some of his guys? Now, I did see a report that Dable played a bunch of guys in the preseason. He's a believer in that and that there's a chance that the Giants are playing dudes next week. Eagles kind of reeling. It looked like Jalen Hurts, remember, he made one practice this week. I think they're going to probably go back to Jalen Hurts in this one. You don't want to jeopardize that number one seed. You win it, you got the number one seed locked up. But if you lose, Dallas comes in maybe. um, San Francisco. San Francisco. I I think Minnesota's out of the number one seed at this point. Yep. Um, But... Uh, you know, you got you just kind of worry about the Eagles, and and I mentioned San Fran. Now, Rob, you got an up close look at San Fran versus Jarrett Stidham. I, I I don't know what San Francisco was thinking here. Is it possible that they came in? Oh, it's Jarrett Stidham. We're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. We're gonna have a massive. It seemed like sixty five thirty five uh, Niners fans in Vegas conservatively. Yeah, maybe even more, like, more. Like even more than that, yeah. I saw some videos where it was like not quite a red out, but there were clearly a lot of 49ers fans at the game. They were loud, but the Niners defense, I, I'm not entirely sure what happened. They did lose Dre Greenlaw, um, but Stidham was making plays. They had nobody who could hang with Devontae Adams who uh, put on a master class, including one of the best catches I, I've seen this week uh, that diving one-handed lunge late in the game uh, to help force overtime. Uh, I, I just I was impressed with Stidham. I don't think he's the answer. Obviously, I'm not going to go overboard, but you know, Rob. O- overall, we're seeing some of the leaders. Uh, for instance, Kansas City has not looked polished here at the end of the season. Nobody seems to be cresting. I thought San Fran was, but they did not cover here. They needed overtime, and and a Stidham mistake in overtime. Although I think Bosa was getting credit with. The pressure on him, uh, on Stidham, pushing a lineman into him, and then they get the pick and run it back like sixty yards, setting up an easy field goal. I, I was I, listen. I'm not one of these guys who stays. Stidham, Stidham's going to be in the mix for the job. I think he's certainly the backup next year to Brady or whoever. But I'm more thinking like what what happened to San Fran? You don't usually see them get carved up like that. Um, I, I don't know. Other than Kansas City putting 500 yards and 44 points on them, nobody has moved the ball on them like. The Raiders with a backup quarterback who never thrown for more than 100 yards in a football game. Just kind of a crazy Sunday. 
Yeah, I think the answer to that is twofold. Number one, I don't think that San Francisco was expecting the athleticism that Jared Stidham. Because, you know, even when he was in New England, he didn't show it the way he did on Sunday. And as much as I think Josh McDaniels is a bad coach, credit to him for leaning into that, especially early. A lot of bootlegs, a lot of rollouts, a lot of, um, you know, play action, get him out on the edges and and. To his credit, you know, they had their full complement of weapons for the one of the, I think the second time all season where Jacobs, Waller, Renfro, and Adams all played. And to your point, I'm expecting San Francisco to roll over them, right? Uh, backup quarterback, all the turmoil with Derek Carr this past week. And the Niners, I thought, were the hottest team in the NFC. So I'm in my fantasy championship. And I have Devontae Adams. And I'm thinking, there's no way after all this that just happened, this feels like it's a, you know, 27 to three, but it feels more like 44 to three because they just beat the living shit out of us, right? So I have Devontae Adams starting all week until about 10, 15 a.m. Pacific. So about two hours before game time. And I, paralysis by analysis, Mm. I put him on the bench in favor of Alan Lazard because I thought it was a juicy matchup. In a shootout against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, which didn't come to fruition. Devontae Adams, of course, is the highest scoring receiver of the week. He outscores Alan Lazard by 24 points in our PPR scoring. I lost the championship by 20 points. I mean, I I, I wouldn't have won Jason McIntyre money, but I would have won some money and it would have felt good. My my thing is, did you think to bounce this off anybody, like anyone, or did you just make an executive no, decision? I just decided. I just you didn't say this to any no, no text because, to anyone. Because here's my thing: everyone's going to say, "Well, Devonta Adams is great. Of course, he's on Devonta Adams." It's like, yeah, but you don't know my team like I know my team. <laughs> I've, have you seen what that what Devonta Adams last week was like? Yes, two catches for 15 yards. I remember. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure I could. This felt to me like he's going to have like three catches for 26 yards, mm. and it's, yeah, they get blown out, and then no. Yeah, that that's and you're a Raiders fan, so yeah. it's like a triple whammy, right? I mean, oh goodness gracious! By the way, my son will win his uh, fantasy. Uh, he's got Dawson Knox tonight, but it's over. Um, and, and he had Devonte Adams, so he wants a Devonte Adams jersey. And I'm like, yo, well, Bryce, we gotta <laughs> we gotta hold off. <laughs> I don't know if Adams is gonna be with the Raiders next year. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't. What's your confidence level? Derek Carr's done, obviously, with the Raiders. Multiple reports. Glazer had that. I think Schefter might have had that this coming this past weekend. Like, it, it seems like he's going to just either hit the market or they're going to get a trade. What do you think? Of, what do you think about Adams? I think that they're going to have to do a lot of um, massaging of his ego and and convince him to stay. To be honest with you, I know that you said that this is ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous too. I would not be surprised if they say, hey, we're going to roll with Jared Stidham next year. Oh, stop that, it. No, like this this is one of those. Because, of again, because I have so little confidence in Josh McDaniels, but I know that he's one of those guys who doesn't just want to win. Everyone wants to win, but he wants to win his way. He wants to show that he's the smartest guy in the room, that it's his offense and his play calling that does it. And this guy, Jared Stidham, even if he's not as talented as some of the other dudes, at least knows the playbook inside and out because he's been within it for, what, three or four years now. Yeah. I mean, dude, he would be fired by Halloween if he tried that next year. Also, if I'm Devontae Adams and Jared Stidham's the guy, I'm asking out. Now, here's the thing. If Tom Brady comes aboard, who do you think Tom Brady's first call to is on the team? Devontae Adams. Hey, right. Te- Devontae. Or maybe he just calls him Tay. I don't know. 
Uh, he goes by <laughs> Tay Adams on the gram. Right. Tay, what up? It's TB. Yo, we're going to the show, homie. I can't <laughs> wait. You know, yeah, there's, I, I don't think I'll meet you at the wind. No the we'll, go, we'll play some craps and we'll talk yeah. about it. I don't think he can say no to the goat. Uh, there's just no way. I, I think you can, uh, if it's Brady. Now, anyone else, I don't know, like if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. What if know. it's Rogers? I, well, how's he leaving? You and Cowherd want to push this Rogers no, no, no. If, out. Thing. If he leaves, it won't be because he wants out. You think the Packers, after Rodgers helps get them to the playoffs? Well, okay, we just talked about we out. just talked about the Packers. Did Rodgers really get them to the playoffs? If you if in this last they game? staked him a fourteen nothing lead with the yeah he didn't have to the, do anything. Right, he is eventually going to have to do stuff. He's a, a come on man. I know he wasn't great against the Dolphins. The defense kind of won it. This would be unprecedented shoving. This is that would be like no, the Lakers. It, it would not be. Saying, it'd be exactly I, what they did with Brett Favre. But they had Aaron Rodgers waiting in the Yeah, wings. and if you believe what their GM and some of their defensive players say publicly on podcasts or the media, they all think Jordan Love is good. Oh, God. I don't see it, but they see it, apparently. It seems like a massive long shot that they'll push him out. But again, for that's a fun off-season topic. Uh, I quickly, before we get to uh, Monday Night Football best bet, great game tonight, obviously. Bills, Bengals. Um, I did want to quickly touch on the college football playoffs. First of all, oh my gosh, they were amazing. I can't think of a better college football playoff that there's ever been. And I will say this, for the games to be on December 31st, when there was literally nothing else going on, there was some college basketball during the day, but by that time these games kicked off, they were the only show in town. Now, I cannot stand commercials. You guys know this. I'm a red zone guy. I watch Red Zone on one TV. I watch, you know, whatever the local game is on the other TV. So, obviously, during commercials, I'm, like, watching Cobra Kai Season 5. Yes, I'm way behind. But here's the thing. This game, the TCU-Michigan one, was so crazy in the third quarter. I think there were 44 points scored. That there almost was, like, a no commercial break. It felt like it was, like, 40 straight minutes of action on TV. Or maybe 35, where it was just like, oh my gosh, madness is happening. And they just kept it there. Turnovers, chaos. I don't know. I absolutely love the games. I Listen, they did not go as I had planned. Um, I'm stunned that Michigan's defense, having all this time to prepare for Max Duggan and Sonny Dykes, got just dragged up and down the field. And and frankly, the kid McCarthy was a disaster. Uh, two pick sixes? I mean, come on, that, that's unacceptable for a guy who uh, like a month ago, was it Thanksgiving weekend, had an incredible performance against Ohio State. And for him to throw two pick sixes, so Michigan's done. Um, it's so funny to see people freak out on Harbaugh, Rob. It's like, Jim Harbaugh can't win a playoff game. Meanwhile, last year, before he could get to the playoff, Harbaugh can't get to the playoff. And now it's like he's lost two playoff games. And this one, as a favorite, is a tough loss. No doubt about it. I did not like what he did at the beginning with the Philly special. I thought that was a bad call. I think they got jobbed on the touchdown where the guy's butt kind of landed in the end zone. Um, that, to me, was a pretty clear touchdown as there was a bobble right before the goal line, and then he caught it leaning in. And then on the next play, Harbaugh calls a handoff from the one-inch line, like quarterback sneak it, dude. By the way, the, the quarterback sneak, which is automatic, is you run the tight end in motion. And then you have him stop behind the quarterback and then just push the quarterback with the running back also coming into push. I think we saw who did that. Was that Ohio State that did that? I forget. Somebody did it in college football. You see the Eagles do it all the time. 
It did not work, by the way, with Gardner Minshew. It does work with Hurts against the Saints. And I just, uh, it sets up TCU Georgia. And it was almost going to set up TCU Ohio State if not for, I don't want to be too critical of a a college kid. It might have been the worst big game missed kick at the buzzer since the Buffalo Bills guy went ride right. You remember that? Well, you were probably too young, Rob. No, this was worse than that. It was such a shank, right? Yeah, because it was so. It wasn't even yeah. close. It wasn't I, even. It didn't start online and drift away. He just yeah. straight duck hooked it. And I will, I will confess. So uh, our buddy had some friends over for New Year's Eve, so we went over there and we're hanging out. And of course, this is like a family who doesn't have cable TV, so um, I, they have YouTube TV, whatever. Um, so I had to call up the game on my phone, and of course, you know it's behind. You know, when you're watching on your phone um, through the, my cable app. You're like, I don't know, six, seven seconds behind. And usually you're like, oh, who cares? Well, A, when you have text messages coming in from people freaking out about plays, you're getting it before it goes. So, like, the ball's about to drop, and the guy's lining up for the kick. The ball drops, and I start getting texts. Wow, he missed it. Not even close. And and the kick hasn't happened yet. And I was like, oh, my God. It was just the timing was – Rob, I don't know if you had it synced with a TV or next to a TV – with the ball drop and the football game, but I've seen the video online and it is pretty remarkable how it's incredible it was how I mean, close it is. It's, it's like the ball hits the ground. I think, yeah, as the ball drops. Yeah, I mean there there was I saw things on Twitter where there were you know bars in Columbus that were having New Year's Eve parties oh, yeah. and they're dropping streamers and balloons as they have the TV in the background showing the guy missed the kick. And the the patrons in the bar are pissed off and livid and throwing their beer or whatever in there. Um, That's just it, it was an absolutely brutal way to lose for Ohio State. I thought both in the for Ohio State and Michigan, there was some really poor coaching in crunch time on both parties. Wait, wait Ohio State? Yes. So Michigan first. Oh, I thought okay. the the timeout usage by Jim Harbaugh, the Philly special, I thought was the worst thing. Of the weekend, you know, so out of character for them, considering that you hadn't even set it up yet, right? Usually, if you run a play like that, it's because you've seen something on film or you saw, like, hey, early in the first quarter, when we run down this hill, when we show this action, this safety's coming down, this linebacker commits hard, maybe we can set it up and hit him behind, you know, the behind the defense. It was, I think, it was the first drive of the game that they did that. Yeah, if I recall. So you hadn't set shit up by then. Like, there's still, you know, your scripted plays at that point. So that that was one, but late in the game, um, not using his timeouts, I thought, and and tr- thinking he can get the stop and then have the three timeouts for offense. Like this isn't the NFL. Anytime you get a first down, the clock's going to stop. So in college, it would behoove you to use those timeouts early. Hopefully, you get the stop and then you get the ball back with two minutes left, as opposed yeah. to getting it back with forty-five seconds yeah. or whatever it was. That was number one. And then with Ohio State. Once they got into field goal range, I thought they got a little too conservative because, again, this is not the NFL. These are not – even professional kickers crumble in these kind of moments. But there's a reason why college kickers hashtag is a thing on Twitter. Yeah, by the way, how long was the kick? 50 yards, Oh, yeah. So they were essentially playing for a 50-yarder. Exactly. That's idiotic. So, So they get to first down. They run to the outside stuff. They get to second down, and um, 
CJ Stroud kind of throws, he gets rushed out of the pocket and throws it, to, throws it away. Third down, incomplete pass. Or second down was an incomplete slant. Third down, he's rolling out and throws it away. And it's like, you saw what got you to that point. It was CJ Stroud making plays with his legs or CJ Stroud winning with his, with his arm. So I didn't understand the play calling that they had there where you have a run on first down and a one read pass on second down. Like you're not putting the ball in your best player's hand. And, and I don't understand the, the idea behind playing for a long field goal. Yeah. So now wait, I was watching on my phone, so I didn't totally see it. But after Harrison got hit with the alleged targeting, by the mm-hmm. way, I didn't think it was targeting. It was like a loose ball in the air. The guy's yeah, going to hit yeah, him. No. I didn't see helmet to helmet. Did Harrison come back? No. Oh. So I was wondering, not even going to target Harrison. But the other thing is he didn't have a catch in the second half, did he? No. I think he was a, a, unbelievable. He was torching Ringo, the kid Keely Ringo, Georgia cornerback, who is supposed to be a first-round talent, and he did not look like it against Harrison. But Harrison is unbelievable. A 6'4", the guy moves like the wind. He is a beast. And I'll say this, C.J. Stroud, Rob, I know there's a narrative around Ohio State quarterbacks not making it in the NFL, but that was about as good of a loss as I can remember from a quarterback as Justin Fields, I don't know if you remember Justin Fields mm-hmm. against in the championship. Trevor Lawrence, yeah, against Trevor Lawrence, I think it was. Yep, was it championship or semifinal? I, I want it. Ooh, well, whatever it was that, in the playoff, it was in the playoff. Yeah, Lawrence was great, and Fields was very, very good. I saw Stroud, and I'm like, this guy's putting passes in tiny windows against an elite defense. I don't think it was last year's Georgia defense, obviously, but. I was pretty impressed with Stroud. I think he's got a solid case to be the number one pick. Now, Bryce Young looked good against Kansas State, but I don't know how much stock you can put in that. I just, you know, you've seen the small quarterbacks. I I don't know, dude. I would go Stroud over Bryce Young. I'm probably in the minority, but, and that's just today, obviously. We got to see the combine. But what do we we care about the combine? We've seen Zach Wilson at the combine (laughs) look incredible. And and start with the Jets. You're going to close the round with the Jets. I love it. Yeah, I mean, not to bring it back to them, but... No, we got to bring it full circle. Right now, the Texans are going to get the number one seat. Mm-hmm. Number one pick. Um, the Bears are going to get the two pick. But if the Texans win and the Bears lose, I think it'll be... Yeah, Bears would get the number one pick. But if I'm Houston, I know there's all this talk about, oh, we want Caleb Williams the following year. Okay, well, you could probably still get Caleb Williams even if you have C.J. Stroud. I, it's going to be a fun discussion, but... I'll tell you right now, I got to lean Stroud because if I, I mean, you obviously didn't watch Jaguars, um, who'd they play? They played the uh, Texans in week 17. Like, that was the worst loss of the season for the Texans. Lovey Smith not getting his guys prepared. Sharp money came in on Houston all week. That was way, 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 way wrong. I don't know, Rob. I, I think you got to take a quarterback. You could just take a quarterback every year in the first round or do you find one, right? Yeah, this is not the, uh, Matthew Stafford, I think Cam Newton was the last guy right before they changed, after they changed. I think Sam Bradford was the last guy. Oh, gosh, Sam Bradford. Where it was, hey, you got to get a $60 million guaranteed and then Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I believe when Cam Newton came out is when they switched it to the structure. And you can absolutely take a quarterback every year because the salary's not big. It doesn't hurt you. I mean, I know we don't talk about your Jets, but it is not going to hurt them to dump Zach Wilson this offseason and take another guy if they wanted to because his cap number is so low. Um. Going back to the whole Bryce Young, CJ, if Bryce Young was three inches taller, it wouldn't be a discussion. Right. I, I think but, he's awesome. He's just, but he's, he's not. tiny. So, he's so tiny. what do you do? I mean, I don't think there's any way he falls 
to like the second round. No. I don't think the Jets have, are going to be in play for him at 14, that's for sure. But I think it gets kind of interesting if you are some of these teams and you're like, do we take Bryce Young? Like, I know people will say the Jordan Love thing was a disaster, but he still has some value, like on the trade market. I don't think you can get a one for him, obviously. I don't even know if you could get a two. But there is like, I, I don't know if half the league, but Rob, I think I saw a stat. We're on our 64th starting quarterback with David Blau starting. 64th this season. And that, outside of a strike season, is like the second most in 40 years or something. Like, at least 13 teams in this league do not have a starting quarterback. At least 13. Why wouldn't you just take a shot? Take a chance. And if it doesn't work out with Stroud or Bryce Young, guess what? In two years, maybe you flip them because they could look good in a couple games, and you get something. But I think you've got to take a chance on, on these two. I don't, Will Levis will see, of course, you know what's going to happen, Rob, is... Oh, well, Will Levis looks, I mean, geez, look at him. He's so big. He's got a huge arm. He's 6'4". Oh, my gosh, this guy. Look at him at the combine. He looks incredible. You've you got to take him top five. And that we've seen how that works out. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, you remember him? Mm-hmm. He went to your Raiders. I, yes, I remember Jamarcus Russell. And the worst part is Zach Wilson's now being compared to Jamarcus I made Russell. that comparison to you. You don't want to hear that you? It. Yes, yeah. I told you that Jamarcus Russell's first two years passer rating higher than Zach Wilson. Vomit worthy to hear. All right. Um, anyways, uh, setting up a, uh, I don't know, 13 and a half point spread for the Natty next week. F- feels so right. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, get more into that. But uh, um, let's get to the best bet here for week 17. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All right, it's been a lengthy Monday podcast, but we are going to touch on the best bet because it's a great game. One of the best Monday night football or Thursday night football primetime games this season. The 12-3 Buffalo Bills visit the 11-4 Bengals. Folks, this is a great game any way you slice it. Could be an AFC championship preview. If Cincinnati wins, they have a shot, a legit shot at home field advantage and a good chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, they set a record for most losses for any defending Super Bowl champ with 11. That's how bad it's been for the Rams. Bengals, they just keep chugging. And I will say, at the beginning of the season, faithful straight fire listeners know, man, I saw this second half schedule. I said, there's no way. Bengals are cooked. There's no shot that they get back to the Super Bowl playoffs. No way. Have you looked at who they got to play? And all they've done is win all the friggin' games. The line is interesting here. Okay? Buffalo favored by one on the road. We all know the Bengals story right now, right? They've covered 12 of 13. I believe it's 20... Uh, of the last 24 games or 19 of the last 23. Just the numbers are obscene for what the Bengals have reeled off. Now, the injuries are worth noting here. For all, for starters, Leo Collins went down. He's out for the season. Okay, he's your right. You spent a lot of money getting him to be, I believe he was right. Yeah, right tackle for the Bengals, and now he's gone. But on the opposite side, it's like, oh, there's no Von Miller to be concerned about, so they should be okay. Now, Adenajay, the backup right tackle, and I know I'm getting in the weeds here, but this is a six-round pick out of Kansas. He's played very limited snaps. Last week, he played a lot. It was not a particularly great game for him. That being said, it's like, listen, all we need to do is give him help, right? Give him some running back help. Give him some tight end help. Just don't let Buffalo come off the edge and get at Joe Burrow. And you look at this matchup, and I'm like, well, without Von Miller, it shouldn't theoretically, shouldn't they be okay And you start looking around and you're like, okay, well, this Buffalo pass rush has been a little bit sus. Not fully sus, but without Von Miller, uh, it it just has not been consistently good. And that's kind of hurt Buffalo. That's a reason they have not been an against-the-spread machine this year as they have in in, uh, last, I think it was last two years. Uh, Shaq Lawson grades out as 78th off the edge. Greg Rousseau is the guy you want to see matched up against Adenage. Greg Rousseau, uh, the young kid out of Miami, has been a beast this year. Grades out, according to Pro Football Focus, 18th best of 121 edge rushers. He's been good. Ed Oliver's been pretty good. Remember, they picked up Daquan Jones um, in the offseason. He's been solid. You get Milano, one of the best coverage linebackers for P. Ryan out of the backfield, mixing screen passes, Hayden Hurst. Like, this... This Buffalo defense should perform well. And then I look at Tredavious White, not fully back from the injury. You look at the struggles from Dane Jackson on the outside. Uh, this is just, it's that's the problem. It's not a great Buffalo defense. Even their slot cornerback, Teron Johnson, Teron Johnson, however you say his name, he's not doing, he's having a great season. And I, I just look at what Cincinnati can do. And I think, I think Cincinnati's going to have a lot of success moving the football. Then the question becomes, can Cincinnati stop Josh Allen. And the biggest thing I saw I noticed with Josh Allen is are you spying him? 
Do you have a linebacker who can spy the dynamic Allen who is definitely not going to want to make mistakes the way he's been in recent weeks? Like the interceptions have been up for like the last four or five weeks. I think he has seven interceptions in the last five weeks and a lot of them in the second half untimely. Not that any interceptions are timely, but I look at this linebacking tandem. You got the kid Pratt, who's had a very good season. And of course, uh, Logan Wilson on the inside. He's very good. I think you have to have one of those two spy Allen while at the same time containing Diggs, who, by the way, had an illness at practice this week. I don't know if you guys saw that. Straight up missed a day of practice, rested too. So he's either going to be well-rested or he had a long New Year's, and we'll see how he performs on, on Monday Night Football. Gabriel Davis, McKenzie, this offense can hum. I don't want to talk too much about Dawson Knox. I have him in fantasy. I need uh, a solid night. Well, actually, my son has him, but I say, you know, I have him because we're a team. And I'm going to go ahead and take Cincinnati on the money line as a dog here at home. I know everybody loves Josh Allen. I, my gut tells me, and I haven't looked too uh, too much into it as to where the public is. Um, let me look at one this one app. I don't know if I've talked about it. I'm going to try to have one of the guys on as a guest. Let's see if they respond. I, I It looks like Buffalo has 52% of the bets. So not the public not as heavy on Buffalo as I thought, but I'm taking Cincinnati, getting the points. Give me Cincinnati on the money line as well. I like this Bengals team, guys. I know I'm late to the party, very late, and I'm probably going to jinx them. I know the second half last week was not good without Lyle Collins. You saw Burrow make a big mistake after he went down. Burrow did not have a strong second half. It could be that the Cincinnati team was just tired the extra day of rest heading into this one. Could be pivotal. I like the Bengals. I think they take down the Bills. Now, I don't know if they're going to get the number one seed because we still don't know who is going to be quarterbacking next week against Cincinnati. Is Lamar Jackson going to be back? Is he? I don't. I uh, guys, at this point, I have given up guessing what's going on with Lamar Jackson. I don't know, but I do know this: Baltimore matches up pretty damn well with the Bengals. They did beat them earlier this season, close one, nineteen seventeen, and there ain't no way the Ravens are rolling over in this one. But are you forcing Lamar Jackson back on the field next week? Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to get home field, but I think they win this game, guys. It's been a long Monday podcast to start the year. Everybody have a safe start to the new year. I'm sure the gym's going to be packed this week when you guys are going to throw some weights around. It's going to be an awesome week. We get the Natty next Monday. We get week 18 wrapping up next Sunday. And then the NFL playoffs begin. Listen, I got to give a quick shout out to all the wives out there who deal with us knuckleheads watching football, doing fantasy, gambling on football for, I think, what is it, 18, 19 straight weeks during the season. I mean... September through early January, I'm a total waste of space on Sundays. It's tough for me to get anything done other than watching football, preparing for this podcast, preparing for the Monday week uh, on the herd. Like uh, It's Sundays, and that's for 18 straight weeks. So shout out to all the wives who put up with our nonsense. You guys, um, we'll we'll pay you back with uh, hopefully a nice trip after football season. At any rate, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 